Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. And welcome to part two of the podcast. We're going to pick up here where we left off yesterday. If you'd like to become a patron and get all of our episodes in full on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Support at any level there. We have levels that start at just $5 a month. We'll get you all of our full episodes without this pitch to the patrons on Sunday night in full. Remember, you can also go to offendedpodcast.com. You can go there, buy some merch. That'll give you something cool, and it'll also give us a little something to keep the lights on over here at You Have Offended This Podcast main headquarters. Check us out on our social media. At Twitter, we are at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, you can just search You Have Offended This Podcast, and you'll find us there. You can interact with us there. We'll answer your questions. You can give us movies that you'd like to see, favorite scenes, favorite actors, actresses, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. So check those things out. Please become a patron. If you can't do that, give us a rating. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts. That's a huge help. Or at the very least, if you could just tell a few friends about us, that would be awesome too. Thanks very much and enjoy part two of the podcast. When you play a video game and you're trying to be stealthy and you spook somebody and you're like, oh, this guy's kind of looking for me. And you go hide and wait for that character to reset. It's kind of yep. like it's kind of like that. I thought it was awesome. And as soon as that happens, I don't know what happens to her here because there's a bit of a continuity thing that made me laugh. She takes off her balaclava, realizes, OK, I'm going to get this fucking guy. Throws the door open and Madsen's sitting there with the side-by-side shotgun pointed in her face. Boom! <laughs> and she yes. goes flying backwards. Yes. And then he walks out and she's laying there, but she's laying there without her jacket on anymore. He shot her jacket off. Yes. He shot her jacket off. Yes. Because now she's laying I... there and, he, oh, fuck, he, she, he just two-shot at her with the rock salt in her tits. And that's a wrap. <laughs> it's funny because I never, I never noticed that. But yeah, there's kind of like her jacket's off. I think there's a couple of times where her jacket's off and on. Like yeah, it I was goes like, off oh, her jacket a couple back. times. Oh, her her jacket's back on. So uh, yeah, I think there's a little bit of an issue with uh, continuity because when he walks over and she's laying there, she's wearing her jacket. But I think for the wire pull, she wasn't. Where they yep. pull her back through. Um, but yeah, he shoots her full of rock salt and she's laying on the ground and only Michael Madsen can have somebody who is in abject pain and suffering and just kind of have a snarky, dark, comedic conversation with them. (laughs) This is, yeah, this is very reminiscent of his Reservoir Dogs conversation. Yeah. Right. Like with, with the cop, it's tremendously good. Where he just keeps his cool and doesn't care. Um, this scene here now where she he says whatever he says to her. And she spits at him. And then he spits his tobacco chaw back in her face. He that was actually Tarantino it. that spit in Uma Thurman's face. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because he's a fucking Tarantino weirdo. would just kind of fucking... He would probably just enjoy doing that. Uh, yeah, but I will say that the placement right across her eyes looked good. Uh, yeah. It almost reminded me, her makeup a little bit reminded me of Daryl Hannah in Clan of the Cave Bear. Like, yeah, when it she's does, laying there. Her, uh, or even Pris, because her face is white and dusty, 
but her lips are red from her blood and her eyes are kind of pink from the rock, rock salt. Um, yep. But it's almost like uh, it's almost like she's wearing like uh, like soft geisha makeup or something like that. Um, yes. The way that they've got her makeup done, <laughs> even though like she's yeah, white face, red lips fucked up. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. Like it's really good. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the fact that Bud got the drop on her and he just injects her with a needle, sits down, starts making phone calls, and uh, yeah, he, he calls L. Yeah, he is now looking for money because he doesn't have a job at the strip club, and <laughs> notices that she's got a Hattori Hanzo, Hanzo sword, and he's basically going to kill her and give L the sword for one million dollars. I can't believe that that Beatrix is laying there because he kicked her over under her stomach. Yeah, so she's laying face down. On where she just got shot in the chest with rock salt. Yeah. I can't believe that doesn't hurt enough to make her turn over. Well, he put a needle in her butt. And oh, shit, that's right, out, too. I forgot right? she, I forgot so he knocked her out. You're she right. is unconsche. She but is unconsche. When Daryl Hannah is on the phone and she is, the way she's lit is amazing. And the fact that she's smoking and her hands shaking, that Beatrix... Yeah is basically dead it's awesome like daryl hannah was amazing just in that scene where she she's on the phone yeah like chrissy wasn't that good in three's company when she hit that season where she had to phone in everything but yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> ellie driver is amazing like she's just fucking fuming mad and her hands shaking as she's taking drags off her smokes i thought it was awesome i really think that this was done well like with an extreme close-up uh yeah great daryl hannah crushes this role man she's so good in this she looks great the eye patch is amazing she knows that she's gonna get the sword from bud and then she's gonna kill bud and take her money and the sword like she knows she can do that right from the jump so oh she's gonna grand theft auto hooker fucking this guy (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah she's not playing around and after this scene uh, Bud hangs up the phone here with uh, with Ellie, takes the sword, and then figures out, okay, I need to f- get rid of this chick here, but she's not dead yet, so kind of how can I be super mean about this? And, and they do the old a, Texas funeral, yeah. J- dude, this is fucking terrifying. Like, oh, yeah. the way this is filmed and the way it's done, this whole little scene here where they take her to the grave of Paula Schultz... Um, God damn, dude, where she's in the back of the truck and the lights are on her and the coffin's there and he's got this other little scumbag dickhead working with him. Fuck. That actor is is amazing. But I do have to say one thing that we forgot to mention. When Bill shows up, this one of the things, Tarantino was really good at doing setups and payoffs. <laughs> when he has the conversation with Bill and Bill says, I don't suppose you've kept up on your sword play. And Bud's yes. like, no. That Hattori Hanzo sword that I had, I I pawned that years I ago. It. And he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like, you you pawned a priceless sword? He's like, man, I got 250 bucks for it. So you're basically like, oh, my God, this guy's so destitute that he pawned, like, a sword. And you're thinking that there is no sword, <laughs> but yep. which will come into play later in the film, which I thought was brilliant because that's one of those holy fuck moments. That yeah, just when really she looks over well. it, yeah, that's tremendous. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, they 
they dig up this grave here of Paula Schultz, which you see in the background, by the way, the goddamn body in the coffin of Paul, poor Paula Schultz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sitting over there in the background. Give a fuck about Paula Schultz. Paula fuck Schultz Paula looks Schultz. like the woman from uh, um, Return of the Living Dead, the green one that was talking to Miguel Nunez. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, right. I'm gonna bust her in the damn head. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they they have a shitty old plywood coffin that they made for well, not even a coffin, just a goddamn box that they make for Beatrix here. And they pull her up, and they've got her feet tied and their hands tied. And man, I'll tell you, this part here, where they put her in the coffin, and it's it, again, it's very reminiscent of that scene with the cop in Reservoir Dogs when Madsen yeah. walks over and he he takes the ladder out of the grave. Mm-hmm. to let his buddy out and then he walks over and he just violently kind of throws the ladder in the back of the truck before he deals with Beatrix much yeah. like he chucks the chair in Reservoir Dogs but do you know he what's funny like off. you know Bud is evil and you know he's a piece of shit and you you have certain emotions that you carry over with you from Reservoir Dogs but his buddy his buddy just seems to be enjoying it. We don't even know who this fucking guy is. And they're just like, oh, yeah. here's that girl. Here's that girl I beat up tied up. And he's like, eh, she ain't much. I've seen better. And you're just like, yeah. what the Sipping fuck? his beer. <laughs> Sipping his beer, laughing. Fucking like, sociopath asshole. Jesus. Fucking crazy. But uh, she's fighting. And then Madsen basically pulls out the can of mace and says, listen, you're going in that fucking hole. Now, yeah. you can go in the hole as is. Or I will empty this can of mace and I will burn both of your fucking eyes out of your sockets and then throw you in. Either way, you're going in. And she acquiesces. Like, she's... Oh, yeah. He says, you can have the flashlight in the box or you can be blind with no fucking eyes in the box. Yeah. And she nods toward the flashlight like, I'll take the fucking flashlight. Jesus Christ. Because she knows him. She's worked with him. And she knows he is not bluffing. Well, he's already shot... Her fiance, her friends, the preacher, the preacher's wife, Rufus, the man, piano player. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, like he he shot a pregnant lady, so I'm um, yeah. He he's he has no problem uh, putting mace in her eyes before he buries her alive. No, no. So again, she she says okay and just quietly nods toward the flashlight, and they put her in that box, man, and they nail that shit down, and the sense of claustrophobia as that lid goes on the box and then as they're hammering the little sliver of light kind of goes away yeah is it's palpable man it is palpable how terrifying that is they they do a really really good job there's a number of shots when she's in there um they shoot from the side they shoot some overhead shots and then they shoot some point of view uh shots so they must have had like a really uh, somewhat sophisticated rig where they could move that camera around and get really good camera position while she was in whatever sort of makeshift coffin that they had her in when they're actually shooting. Cause obviously they didn't actually bury her, but yeah. um, <laughs> it's uh, wait, what's done? Well, <laughs> it's fucking scary, man. And oh. honestly the Foley like, okay. Yeah. So as you were saying, when they're putting the nails in and you know, the lights disappearing, uh, after that happens, it gets quiet, and then all of a sudden yep. you hear the oh. the earth hitting the coffin. Yeah, and she reacts to it well. Uma's a great actress because she's all dude. Of a that's she's terrifying. Like, oh. she's that like, is oh fucking terrifying. Fuck. Yeah, amazing. 
Because you know you're underground just by the sound of the thump. Yeah. Thump, Like the the shovels of dirt going on top of the coffin. And they get quieter. totally black screen. Yeah, they get more muffled. Yeah. Oh, fuck, dude, it's terrifying. And her breathing kind of changes a little bit. Like, she's doing the... <gasps> like, oh, she's terrified. Does it ever? Does um, it's it ever? really, really yeah. good. They did a great um, job. Oh, my God. So she flips the light on at one point. Um, the one thing I did want to point out here that's kind of cool um, with tiebacks to the other movies again is the boots that she's wearing are the same cowboy boots that Madsen wore in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Uma's got big fucking feet, too. She, oh, she does have yeah, big yeah, feet, yeah. apparently, yeah. The straight razor she pulls out is the same razor Madsen cut Marvin Nash's ear off with in Reservoir Dogs. So, yeah, same same boots, same razor as the former film, which is kind of a nice little tie together. That is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. So, yeah, the black scene here, the black screen, it continues for a shockingly long time while you hear the the dirt go on top. Oh, that's what creeps you out. That's the thing. That goes for a long time, and you're like, Jesus. And then when the light goes on, we're back into... Uh, black and white, uh, where she's underground. So this film does a really good job. Like, there's moments where they do, where he does black and white, and, you know, there's not a lot of contrast. Um, Like, specifically the wedding scene, it's in black and white. But this, when she shines the light on, uh, it's it's heavy contrast. It's almost black and white, and no shades of gray, which I think makes it even creepier. Like, cause you can, oh my God. you can see her outline and, uh, there's just a little bit of spillage from that flashlight, just a little bit of spillage, um, yep. where you actually pick up where she is inside there. It's, it's amazing. I would fucking, it's, it's one of my fears is like being buried alive like that. I think it's a lot of people's fears, um, oh my God. for good reason. I can't even, dude, they used I to see have, those... yeah, that used to be a thing where, they would tie a string to a dead person's hand and put it up through a hole in the coffin, through the dirt to a bell on top. That's because, because medical science uh, didn't yeah. really know how to pronounce someone dead often. <laughs> they're in like, a coma yeah. for a little while. We and they're like, well, this dead. motherfucker's dead. They put him underground. And all of a sudden, this asshole's still alive under there. Yeah. And, like, you hear the little bell. Ding, ding, ding. Like, holy shit, that guy's alive. <laughs> ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding, but, ding. She's great, though, here, because you, she freaks out, and then she kind of bangs her head on the coffin on the floor a little bit, like, like okay, get your yeah. shit together. And then she starts to kind of get her shit together a little bit, and the way she gets out of the coffin is the lead into this next little section, which is one of your favorites, I believe, the cruel tutelage of Pai Mei. This is my favorite section of the film. Like, it, it, yeah. it really is. I think that they did from... The beginning of the scene where Uma is laying down in front of a campfire. Carradine is sitting on a log on the opposite side of the campfire. And he's playing his flute. And it's lit exceptionally well because the warm firelight is basically lighting half of their faces. Yep. Carradine's storytelling is fantastic as he recants the tale from a thousand years ago. And yep. they keep flashing to Uma, who is just radiating um, just affection and appreciation for Bill and this and his skill as a storyteller, I believe. Yeah, yeah, because he's interlacing the story with these little flute interludes. 
it's it's amazing. Really good. Like it's really good. It it pulls you in, and each little section that he tells is almost like a little chapter with a little. Yes, in, yeah, in he tells a yeah, and fucking great. His delivery and his acting is so well. He's like the abbot of the Shaolin Temple came out to console Pai Mei, but Pai Mei was inconsolable or whatever <laughs> however he, however he worded it he goes yeah to console would not be consoled or whatever <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, yeah yeah would not be consoled <laughs> by me was inconsolable doodaloo, doodaloo. like it's just a very interesting like i i would watch that on on a stage you know carradine telling stories taking flute <laughs> breaks it's just it's it's intriguing it's incredibly well shot um and it sets up the world of pi may ain't nothing to fuck with that's basically what they're saying Um, yeah and it's that old samurai story of pai mei was walking down the street one of the monks from the from the monastery walked by or the abbot somebody and pai mei gave him a slight nod which was not reciprocated by the monk and pai mei was like well i gotta kill all these motherfuckers now just because he didn't nod back at him yeah. And reciprocate the greeting and went up and said the abbot at this monastery has to kill himself to make amends for that slight. And then, yeah. nope, he's not going to do that. Okay, well, I'm going to kill all fucking 60 or 90 of these monks. Yeah, 60. Yeah. Pime killed 60 of them. Yeah. So. Which is insane. But that's that honor culture of these people that now these these assassins kind of aspire towards is this time when you had that kind of respect for people. And it, like you said, it sets up the whole Pai Mei personage. Well, personage. And of course the five point palm exploding heart technique conversation, which honestly, the way it's set up is amazing because he basically says that you hit the body in five places. The person will take five steps and then their heart explodes. And she's like, did he teach you? He goes like, no. Sadly, he goes, he yeah, teaches no, no one the five-point palm exploding heart technique. Just the way he delivered that line, like, yeah. he doesn't teach, like, oh, he teaches man, no one the five-point palm exploding heart technique. God damn, I'd be exploding hearts left and fucking right if he taught me that. But fucking I fucking laughed. Like, it was, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I really loved uh, this scene as a precursor to the rest of this section of the film, because... You know, he says, uh, if you flash him any sort of defiance, um, he'll pluck out one of your eyes. Right. And then, like, again, it just really ties back. You're like, oh, Ellie only got one eye. Ellie got one eye with an eye patch. So what's up with her? Is that what she did? Um, And then, of course, you know, that fills in the story. So I, I, I do really think that he's excellent at telling stories and kind of weaving facts or incidences or what have you throughout the entire story i think he does a i think he does a great job yeah and giving the you know he doesn't like westerners and he really fucking hates blondes so mind your p's and he q's does, yeah he hates caucasians despises americans and can't stand women or something like that <laughs> yeah something like and that. <laughs> a, there's yeah so she's she's on uh all three but uh he says something to the effect of um he says something to the effect, uh, don't give him any sass, at least not for the first year. 
So <laughs> I do I do like that it's not like we always talk about, you know, time compression for films like, you know, the karate kid. Daniel had to learn karate in a month and be better than the black belts that are winning, <laughs> yeah. you know, the all valley tournaments and stuff like that. So, you know, they learn very quickly. We don't know exactly how long she trained with Pai Mei, but, you know, Bill just just that I really appreciated that line. Like, don't give him any sass. Um, especially not for the first year. They even did that in Remo Williams. Yes. Um, the Adventure Begins, where he's like, how long will he be until Remo Williams is ready? And I, I forget what he says. He's like, oh, I think he could be as ready in as, as little as seven years. <laughs> you know, something, <laughs> something <laughs> right. along those times. And he's like, six if I can't, six if I cut corners. You know, so uh, <laughs> I appreciate it when people want to learn extraordinary things uh, that it takes some time. I really like here when they cut to the stairway going up to Pai Mei's place that Carradine, Bill, yeah. is plod, plodding. Like in, in contrast to his normal, very planned, measured way of moving, when he's yes. coming down the stairs here, he's just kind of like, thump, thump, thump. Like, yeah, he is. He's just like, okay, he'll take you as a student. He'll and he's all student. fucked yeah. up and bashed. He's and she's like, holy shit, up. what yeah. happened? He's <laughs> like, we had a bit of an, uh, you know, bit of an agreement. We had to talk for it for a yeah. minute. Like, yeah, we had to talk <laughs> He's very... You know, kind of uh, loosey goosey when he's walking here and he's tossing the sleeping bag and shit at her. Like, yeah, here, just fucking yeah. go up there. He'll take you. Jesus Christ. He'll I need a fucking band aid. I gotta get the fuck out of here. I gotta go to the hospital. <laughs> he did the three point piss my pants point technique. He did on the me. three point <laughs> exploding bladder technique. But yeah, we get, she goes up the stairs here now after Bill fucks off and sees. Pai Mei sitting on this the, the steps up here and she's this you know 20 something looking blonde girl and he's this classic kung fu movie white beard white big eyebrows white yeah. bun kung fu master played by of course Gordon Liu the great fucking Gordon Liu he absolutely kills this I fucking love every decision and every choice he made for this character of Pai Mei he's great I yeah loved this guy and i loved how he has his laugh and i love how he constantly flicks his exceptionally long white beard and the foley <laughs> that goes with it yep. i absolutely love the dialogue that was written i think it's i think it's amazing i love the dialogue i love the way he says it i love everything about it. the first thing when she says master she says one word master yes and he goes master your Mandarin's lousy. <laughs> like, yeah. right your away. Mandarin's lousy. I hate your voice. It causes me discomfort. You bray like a donkey. Like, she says one word. One word. Master, I hate your voice. <laughs> I hate you. Shut hate, up. Your voice hurts your my ears. Your Mandarin is Fuck terrible. You suck. <laughs> your voice hurts my ears. It gives me discomfort. <laughs> oh, but it's I, so good. I love, I love this whole, this whole scene from... Um, this moment until he says, okay, now you're ready. We're going to begin your training is all specifically set up to break her down and for her to understand that she's the student and he is the master. Like, yes. it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you think like, you're my match? On. Oh, you think yeah. you're good? All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, show me what you got. <laughs> yes. No, I like no. how when she says, I'm more than proficient in the exquisite art of the samurai sword, and Gordon Liu just goes, oh, oh. Like, he, he just, he just Don't make me turns laugh. his head and goes, oh. 
<laughs> like he's completely he's like samurai that is only good for japanese fatheads and he's just like, <laughs> he's like i hate heads. this i hate the japs <laughs> i think it's it's so amazing it's great he can see that uma's pissed when he says that and shits on yes. the japanese oh your anger amuses me do you think you're my match do you think you can fight me do you want to die do you want to <laughs> yes. yeah. he's just completely poking yeah. her and fucking with her and call and her like, stupid and yeah he's like now rise and let me look at your ridiculous face <laughs> like, <laughs> like his his lines are so good and he's like so my pathetic friend is there anything that you can do well <laughs> is there anything is you do anything, is there anything well anything? Like uh, you could do fucking well. what's her face, Jeannie Bueller on the phone with the police. They're right outside. <laughs> yes, yes. Can you help yes, me? Exactly. Do you know anything? <laughs> do you know anything? And uh, <laughs> she, she, uh, he sends her to the rack to get the uh, the Chinese uh, sword. Yes, uh, yeah. Which she removes, and he basically says, "All right, we're gonna have a little situation here. If you can land one blow." I will bow to you, and I will call you master. And she, I, Uma Thurman is very good for an actor who's not a martial artist. She does yep. a really good job. Now, I believe in this scene, they told her to be a little bit shittier, if that makes sense. Like yeah. her moves aren't quite as sharp and snappy. Um, as they are later in the film. She's a little bit looser, and I think that's on purpose. Yeah, they trained, apparently, the the the, the crew with them, Uma and uh, Vivica Fox and uh, L Driver, Daryl Hannah. Yes. I don't think Madsen did, because he doesn't really have any fight scenes, per se. No. But the three girls did... Oh, God, it was like six hours a day for three months or something. Like, they were there yeah. for a long time training doing martial arts because quentin wanted them to be believable and like well, when she's I, flipping this sword around like when it's yes. this behind shot is that actually her i couldn't tell um i think she did some good stuff but when she thrusts the sword forward and pie Mae jumps up and lands <laughs> on the sword awesome. yeah i usually find that stuff like foolish but i fucking actually really liked it because Uma sold it really well. Like she was just like, "What?" And he goes, what? "From this view, from from here, you can get an incredible view of my foot." And he does a backflip <laughs> and kicks her in the face. I fucking loved it. I like this was so great. I love how he's just constantly uh, taunting her, and he's like, "Do you know you really are quite pathetic?" Like those are some of the things <laughs> that he says to her. But then shit gets real. Like he basically says, "I'm Eagle Claw." Your tiger paw, tiger, yeah, and they do they do some kung fu, but he's just letting her throw whatever she wants. He's a thousand years old, so um, she even actually grabs his throat and he flexes his neck and pops pops her hand off his throat, and then she kicks <laughs> him in the nuts and he grabs her foot with his uh, thighs like and crotch, thighs slash dick, yeah, yeah. And then just basically spins and sends her flying and goes, ah, ha, ha, ha. But, but I love this part where she grabs the yeah, rock. this is amazing. Yeah. She grabs the rock and goes to swing at him while his back is turned and he's laughing. And he grabs her arm and twists it up behind her like, an, like a wrist lock. And man, she sells the pain of this really well. This is, this is I think, in essence, the purpose of that whole first exchange where he's insulting her. 
and yep. trying to get her angry to the point where she picks up a rock in anger and attacks him with the rock out of anger. And yeah. when he's holding her arm and he's like, you would agree that you are helpless as a worm fighting an eagle. And she's like, yes. And he's like, so have you ever felt this way before? And she's like, no. And he's like, are you scared? And she's like, yes. And he's like, this is the beginning, which is awesome. And then he says, Dude, yeah. is it your wish to possess this power or something to that effect? Yeah. When she's screaming, like her mouth is open. She's literally drooling like, fuck. Ah, like, yeah. yeah, she isn't. She is. Obviously, she's not in a lot of pain for real, but she is selling excruciating pain. Like if you've ever, I know you have, and I have as well been put in a very painful wrist lock and that shit yes. hurts. Oh yeah. And she, she, you know, when I watched that, I was like, oh my God, like I, it looks like Gordon New is actually breaking her fucking arm. And that concludes part two of the podcast. Come back tomorrow for part three. If you'd like to get the entire podcast on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Patrons get the full show Sunday night without any ads. If you don't want to become a patron, you can go to offendedpodcast.com. Buy some merch there. That'll get you something cool to wear and rep the podcast you know you love. And we get a bit of money, too, to help us keep the lights on here. Please follow us on social media. At Twitter, we're at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, just search You Have Offended This Podcast. You can interact with us there. Leave us your favorite movies, your favorite scenes, any questions you have, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Please rate and review us wherever you download your podcasts. Ratings and reviews really help us, particularly on iTunes, if you could. That would be awesome. Make sure to tell your friends, family, loved ones, and hated ones about this podcast. More listens mean more downloads means it's better for everybody. So thanks very much for helping. Come back tomorrow for part three, and we will be back in your ears very soon.